It's a word from the Lord this morning, and I can't wait to give it to you. Watch this. Thank y'all for praying for my son, Jaden, on his way back to school. Did y'all see my little video? I was crying on the inside. I be trying to be tough and stuff, but there's something about seeing that little car go down the road. And I told his mom, I said, you ain't got to go. He's, soft, he's a sophomore. You ain't got to go to college and unpack him again. She said, boy, listen. This my baby. And so that's why First Lady's not here. She had to go and put towels up and go to Walmart and buy some more sheets that he should already have. And she's probably listening to this and quit telling all my business. She's on, y'all pray for First Lady. She's on her way back. Matthew 16, verse 21. Matthew 16, verse 21. As we continue in this series, navigating other people's expectations, I want to look at this scripture. Uh, it says, from the time, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go. Somebody say, must go. Must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside, took him to the side, and began to rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and what? Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. When you stand in here, will not taste death. Or they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Jesus looked at Peter. Peter said, Jesus, you ain't going to die. You ain't got to go through this. Jesus looked at his friend. He said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. What I want to talk to you about briefly is you got to get behind me. Get behind me. Maybe seated in the presence of the Lord. I also forgot to say happy anniversary to Dr. Derek Payne and Darkest Payne, Elder Payne. God bless y'all. 17 years of matrimony. Boy, I enjoyed myself last night. I had to leave early because I didn't want to be up here yawning. Y'all, I had a good time with you guys last night. What do you do when you have loved ones that are close to you uh, that are not in alignment with what God is speaking over your life? The closer you get to your purpose, the smaller your circle gets. Can I say that again? The closer you get to your purpose in life, the smaller your circle gets. And sometimes you got to inspect what you expect. You got to inspect your circle. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to inspect your circle. Because in life, you're only going to go as high as your inner circle. The people that you have around you. You know, you got you to be able to have some folk in your circle that can touch and agree with you 
on what God is trying to do in your life. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst. Whatever you touch and agree upon on earth should be done what? In heaven. Who do you have in your circle who's loosening and binding with you? Watch this. Because if y'all, if there's a disconnect in your circle, there's a disconnect in heaven. You got to make sure that you got the right folk in your circle. We've been talking this month about how we need to navigate other people's expectations. There is a plan for your life, and your life has purpose. But when you keep giving into other people's expectations, you keep delaying the fulfillment of every good thing that God has spoken over your life. Some of y'all are experiencing a delay right now because you're out of alignment with the people closest to you. The more you keep giving in to their expectations and ignoring God's expectations, there's a delay on your purpose. Look at somebody beside you and say, I, sh I should be further than where I'm at right now. Because all of us, if you tell the truth, all of us at some point in our life have been delayed because of the people we listen to. Jesus' mama had great expectations for him. The angel told her when, 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 she, when, when she was, before she even gave birth, when, when the Holy Spirit came over her and conceived Jesus inside her womb, he said, you who are highly favored, he says, you will give birth to the Savior. He will save his, his, his people. He will forgive many of their sins. And, and Mary was just awestruck at what, what was said about her son. But watch this, Lord, have mercy, y'all. Can I teach today? What I discovered about that announcement is that he did not tell Mary that he would have to die. Are y'all listening? The angel did not tell her that he was going to die when he gave her the announcement that she was going to give birth. Because, watch this, if God told you everything you had to go through in order to get to where you're trying to go, you would have aborted mission. Oh, my God, y'all not listening to me. Many of y'all would have given up on your assignment because God, watch this, Marcel, he only tells you enough to get you going. And, and, and then when, when Jesus becomes of age and he begins to enter public ministry, he must reset, oh my God, Holy Spirit, thank you. He must reset his expectations to his own mama. He even tells his mama at a wedding when she wants to turn that water into wine, he said, woman, what does that have to do with me? My time has not yet come. But even then, Jesus concedes and gives in to his mother's expectations that the family's not embarrassed because they're running out of wine. So he performs a miracle even though it's not his time. But there comes a time when Jesus even has to tell his mother when she's out there knocking on the door, she can't get in to see him. She thinks he's out of his mind. His brothers think he's out of his mind. And he says, look. Those who do the, hey, buddy. Somebody got happy already. I must be really preaching. <laughs> I love seeing children in the church. Back, it gives me joy to see children running in church because y'all back in church. Let's give God praise for that. Watch this. His mother has to be, the expectations have to be reset with his own mama. And some of y'all, God help me in here. If Jesus has to reset his expectations with his mother, what about you? And it doesn't just stop with his mama. It also goes to the people that's closest to him. Jesus had how many disciples? 
A little bit more than that. He, had, he sent out 72, two by two. Then he had the 12. Y'all right. I ain't trying to trick you. But he also had another set that he was really close to. How many was that? There you go. Y'all so smart. Three. He had Peter, James, and John. He had three that he only took to rough places. He had three that he knew he could depend upon to pray with him. He had three. But one day when Jesus has to be real clear about his expectations to his disciples, he tells them, here's what's going to happen, y'all. I'm getting close to the end, so I need to make sure y'all hear me. I'm not speaking in parables. I'm not speaking in riddles. I'm telling you 100. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it 100. I am going to be arrested. They're going to beat me all night. And then they're going to kill me. And three days later, God's going to raise me up. And Peter, watch this, takes Jesus to the side. He said, Jesus, can you come here for a second? He said, I don't know what you're talking about. But you're talking crazy. You have come too far. The ministry is growing. Did you just fed 10,000 people? The ministry grow. There's no way in the world I'm going to let that happen to you. I'll cut somebody before I let that happen to you. <laughs> we ain't going out like that. And Jesus smiles at his friend and he says something really harsh, it seems. He looks at Peter and he says, Satan, get behind me. But wait a minute. Ain't this your closest disciple? Isn't this your closest friend? Isn't this the person you hand-selected? How is it that this person is Satan? Watch this. He doesn't call Peter Satan. He's talking to the spirit in his friend. And when people show up from a different pattern that you're accustomed to, Chances are that the enemy is trying to use the people closest to you. Can I teach for a minute? Now, we live, Shawnee, in this cancel culture where whenever somebody says something we don't agree with or offends us, we are quick to cut people off, block them, delete them, unfollow them, all of that. Well, I'm just going to put you out in my life. That is so easy to do. And it's, it's really... I'm kind of sick of it, and, and I've been guilty of it, just blocking folk, just delete. I got the ministry of block, but the Lord convicted me, and he said, everybody don't need to be deleted. Mari, don't look at me like that. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. It ain't nothing to cut a person off. <laughs> Derek, we live in that kind of society where it's so easy just to cut people off than it is to work on the relationship. Some of y'all have cut good people off because they did something dumb. Or they said something that didn't match what God said. And, and Jesus did not put Peter out of his life. He just put Peter in his place. Let somebody type that in the comments. Some people just need to put in place, in their place. I, I'm not going to delete you. I'm just going to mute you. 
and I'm not going to mute you forever just for this season because I am going through something so difficult in my life right now. I don't need anybody to be emotionally selfish and talk me out of a thing that I must go through. I need you to pray me through it, not talk me out of it. Is this microphone working? I don't need you to talk me out of it. I just need you to be a good friend and walk with me. The reason I'm telling you is because I believe that you have the wherewithal, the capacity, and the bandwidth, and the anointing to help me get through this. Can you pray with me one hour? Can you stand with me? Can you walk with me? That's all I'm asking. I don't need any unsolicited opinions. I need you to touch and agree with me. So as much as I love you, I got to mute you because you ain't talking like what I heard God tell me. Y'all remember the story of Job. Job in the Old Testament was a righteous man. And one day the enemy came in um, and he was uh, accusing the brethren. That's his job. The devil is the accuser of brethren. His job is to pull dirt out on people and, and try to discredit them with, in front of God. And so the devil had been walking to and fro, seeing whom he may devour. And he came in and, 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 and God says, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. And watch this. Here's the devil, the accuser. He says, the only reason that Job serves you is because you have a hedge around him. Uh, if, if, you, if you were to remove the hedge from around Job, he would cuss you out. And, and God says, go ahead and tempt him. Go ahead, go ahead and try him. Go ahead and try him and see what happens. And, and, and Job lost all his cattle. He lost all his camels. A tornado came, tore the house down while his kids were in it, killed all of his 10 kids at the same time. Then his skin broke out in lesions before monkeypox. He, his skin broke out in lesions. He, he, he lost everything at one time. And his wife, listen to me, his wife comes to Job and says, your life is over. Won't you curse God and die? He said, woman, you talk like a foolish woman. Must we only accept good from God and not bad? Watch this. The reason Job was able to speak to his wife and recognize that what she was saying was foolish was because he recognized the voice of the enemy coming through his wife. Watch this. Because the same thing his wife said is what the devil already said he would do. The devil said, take the hedge away and he'll curse you. His wife shows up and says, curse him. And Job, through his discernment, even through his sickness, is able to hear God say, that ain't your wife talking. That's a foolish woman talking. Yeah. It doesn't say that he divorces her. He just mutes her. Yeah. And for some of y'all, you you get ready to get muted because I'm trying to make through something so difficult. What I don't need is the people that I call friends, the people I call family, the people I love to show up with the voice of the enemy. preaching today I feel the Holy Ghost in here I don't need people in my circle in the most difficult season in my life to be talking crazy right now 
It's hard enough knowing that I got to be arrested. It's hard enough knowing I got to die. And then to hear you trying to talk me out of what God told me, don't become a snare to me. Is this helping anybody? The closer you get, Kennedy, the more you have to tighten up your circle. The higher you go, you got to tighten up your circle. Because watch this. Some people that you love can be used by the enemy and not even know it. Even on your best days, Lord have mercy. The devil could use any of y'all and y'all not even know it. And sometimes you got to catch your own self and rebuke your own self. Lord have mercy. Jesus, hallelujah. Can somebody, can somebody say something with me? Sometimes I got to rebuke me. Isn't that what it says in Corinthians? That the Holy Spirit is able to take captive every negative thought. And bring it under the submission. Have you ever had negative conversations with yourself? You, you got this counterfeit voice inside of you telling you, you ain't all of that. You, you, you're not going to get that job. They don't love you. You're not anointed. And you have to say, I rebuke you, Satan. Get out of my head. I'm the head and not the tail. Get out of my head. I'm above and not beneath. Get out of my head. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Get out of my head. Get behind me. Somebody say, get behind me. Every negative thought that the enemy brought to you this week, every negative thought that popped up in your head, I want y'all to decree and declare with spiritual authority right now. Tell the devil, get behind me, Satan. And then what the mother say, not today, say, not today, not today. Somebody say, not today. I ain't going to hold you long. Number one, some people close to you don't even realize that the devil is using them. You know it's the devil. Watch this. I'm going to teach you. You know it's the devil when the words they're speaking don't match their character. Have you ever talked to somebody you love and you're like, they, they off today. Y'all know, y'all know we be saying that, you know, when, when somebody just talking a little bit out, out of the net, you're like, no, he off today. She, she off today. And watch this. They could be anointed, but have an off day. We all have what? Off days. And when you really, when you really love somebody, you recognize when they're off. You don't have to cut them off just because they're off. You don't have to cut them off just because they're off, but you don't have to listen either. Listen, I love you and everything, but you're talking crazy right now. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to hear that because that's not what God revealed to me. That's, what, that's not what God told me. And so you got to make sure that you use your discernment to recognize when people have broken pattern. Everybody say broken pattern. Type in the comments, you got to recognize broken patterns. And, and many people, when they're not consistent and they show up as something other than what you're accustomed to, it could be something going on in them and not in you. So don't take it, oh my God. Don't take it personal when people show up less than. That's the time you need to be praying for them 
can I teach further? Jesus does not, Robin, get rid of his friend Peter. As a matter of fact, he tells Peter on the night of the Lord's Supper, he says, Peter, Satan has asked, watch this, this is, oh my God, this is so good. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And after you have been restored, come back and strengthen your brothers. Watch this. He was in Jesus' inner circle. Jesus knew he was going to mess up and still kept him close. Watch this. Some people are malicious and toxic and they got to go. Some people have an off day. You got to call them on it and keep them close. If I can talk to you as a friend and show you where you're being selfish and where what you're doing is not matching God's plan for my life and you make an adjustment, I'm going to keep you. But if you're constantly showing up trying to be a snare to me and distract me, you got to get behind me. Did, did y'all hear? Is this microphone working? What did I just say? I said, if I can correct you and, and level set with you and, and, and clarify expectations and you make adjustments, then you can stay in my life. But if you keep on trying to trip me up and slow me up and pull me away from what God has for my life, then my brother, my sister, you cannot be in my circle no matter how long we've been friends. Here's a question for y'all. Can people keep growing with you? They can if they choose to. But just like life, just like elevator, life is like an elevator. There's some destinations where you're going to, and they got to get up on the next floor. I'm sorry, but I'm going up higher. If, if you can't go up higher, you know. I've enjoyed the ride with you, but I got to go up another level. Look, look at your neighbor and say, that's another level to what God's get doing, doing in my life. And unfortunately, everybody's going to not make it to my floor. So, some of y'all not smiling at me. You, you mad at me? Number two. If your friends are causing you to get off track, then you need to put them behind you. Jesus told Peter, you're an offense to me. The word offense means to be led astray or off track. Some people, when they're offering bad advice, can actually become a snare or a stumbling block to you. If we are running the same race, you should be setting a pace for me to win, not causing me to get tripped up in your hidden agenda. If you're not clear on your purpose in life and you are not being led by the Spirit, you could let your guards down simply because you trust the person you're talking to without using your discernment. Let me see if I can make this plain. There's a story in the text uh, in the Old Testament when the children of Israel, they're fighting to get into the promised land. And God is giving them victory after victory after victory, and they're whooping everybody. But these nearby cities hear about the conquest of the children of Israel, and they, they become anxious, and they come up with this ploy. They say, we're going to disguise ourselves. Oh, my God. We're going to disguise ourselves as people who have traveled a long way and make a treaty with them so that so when they come and fight against us, they can't because they're going to sign a non-disclosure agreement. 
because they're going to think we're from a faraway country. So they put on these old rags. They got some old moldy bread. And they got some cracked wine skins. So it looked like they've been traveling for months. Y'all following me? And so when they get to close to where they're going in Israel, uh, Joshua and them stop them. They say, Hope, where y'all going? Where y'all coming from? We've come from a long way. Our bread was fresh when we left the house. Our wineskins were fresh, but you see, they cracked. Our clothes are worn out from a long journey. And the Bible says this, and this is where you're going to shout. It says, they sampled their provisions without inquiring from God. And they signed a non-disclosure agreement that said they would not attack them because they believed they lived far away. But when it came time to take what belonged to them, they couldn't take it because they had signed away their own blessing. Because they sampled their provisions but didn't ask God. Many of y'all keep sampling people's cooking. Sampling relationships. Jumping in bed with folk. And you haven't even asked God, is this the person you want me to lay down with? Is this the person you want me to be in business with? Is this the job you want me to take? They show you the money, you sample the money, but you ain't asked God, is this good money? Everything people present to you, you ain't supposed to take. Look at somebody beside you and say, you better ask God first. Is this helping anybody? Number three. Some people in your life are out of position. They're trying to lead you when you already know what direction you're supposed to be taking. When you know who you are and whose you are, you don't need unsolicited advice from impulsive people. As faithful as Peter was, that man was impulsive. He's like, Jesus come walking down on the water, everybody else scared. It's a ghost. And Jesus said, it is I. And Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come out there with you. <laughs> Jesus said, come on, Peter. And Peter steps out on the boat. Y'all know the story. He starts walking on water. That joker was impulsive. But as soon as he got out there, then winds and waves kicked in. He started looking around. He started sinking. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, little faith. And he picks Peter up. He's always picking Peter up. He knows he's impulsive. So, so Jesus, knowing his friend, know, knowing, his, knowing his character, he, he, he speaks boldly and directly to the spirit inside of Peter. like, Satan, get out of him. Leave him alone. See, watch this. When you're impulsive, you have character flaws. The devil plays on your character flaws, but it's up to the people who really love you to know when you're flawed. It's up to people who love you to know where your flaws are and still love you unconditionally enough. Watch this. Enough to speak truth and love to you and say, no, nah, you out of pocket right now, son. Get behind me right now. No, 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 no. I'm too close to turn around now. Get behind me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm closer now than I've ever been before. Get behind me. I know I've got to do this. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to hurt. But i got to do this. Get behind me, Peter. Hush. I ain't trying to hear that right now. What, what is it that you're not trying to hear right now? I'm not trying to hear anything that's going to make this any harder than what i got to do. I've got to go through the chemo. The doctor said I need chemo. I've got to go through it. 
I, I, I got I to gotta leave this job. It no longer matches. The, I, I don't have integrity staying in a place where I know is immoral. I can't. I, can't, I got to go. As, as much as I love the relationships around the table, I, I can't stay here. I got to go to the next place. And I don't need anybody being selfish to talk me out of what God told me I had to do. Jesus had made peace with the fact that he was going to die by crucifixion. That sounds crazy, right? His friend is trying to spare him of being arrested, beaten, and nailed to a cross. But Jesus said, you're looking at the wrong script. That's not the way God explained it to me. You got to get behind me because I got to trust the process. I got to trust the prophecy that was spoken over my life. And, and watch this. Lord, have mercy. Help me. He, Peter hears only what he wants to hear. What did Jesus tell Peter? Come on, y'all, don't go to sleep on me. What did he tell him? He says, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be abused. I'm going to be And I'm going But Peter don't hear right. Peter only hears what affects him. Peter only hears, I'm going to lose my job. Peter only hears, I'm going to lose my teacher. Peter only hears, I'm going to lose my status. Peter doesn't hear, I'm going to be resurrected. And sometimes people have selective retention because they only hear the part that affects them. Y'all ain't talking to me today. Y'all hear that thunder roll? That's the Lord telling you, wake up. You've been listening to the wrong people. Wake up. They only, you, they only hear what affects them. And then they try to give you advice based upon their fears. Can I talk to a hundred of y'all real quick? I just want to talk to people that's been through the worst stuff in your life and you thought it was over. Can I tell you real quick that there's a resurrection that's coming after this hell that you've been through. There's a resurrection after the job firing. There's a resurrection after the divorce. There's a resurrection after chemo. There's a resurrection after the breakup. There's a resurrection after they walked out of your life. God says, I'm not through with you. I just need you to trust the process. I like preaching to y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all all right. Watch this. Some people's point of view is skewed concerning your life because they're thinking of their own interests disguised as them being concerned about yours. Jesus says, <laughs> Jesus says, you want the things of men and not the things of God. 
Some people are so caught up in what they stand to lose that they miss out on what you stand to gain. Am I helping anybody? You, you, you got to make sure that you have people in your circle who can roll with you when things are good and roll with you when things are bad. I like what John Morant said when uh, we lost that first game in the playoffs. And everybody was like, oh, Grizzlies, I don't think they're too young. They ain't going to make it. And they came back and rolled. They won the next game. And he said, no, y'all stay over there. <laughs> stay, over, stay, over, stay over there. We don't need any bandwagon friends. <laughs> so the only reason you're rolling with me is because I'm doing good? The moment I, I, I face a crucifixion, you ready to bounce? I, I'm, I'm going through a rough patch and you ready to leave me? Stay on this side. Watch this. Oh, my God. Eek. New Direction took a dip. We, we took a dip. We went through some hard times. We went through a recession. We went through a pandemic. We went through some changes. It was hard. And a lot of people left me for dead. Watch this. Left us for dead. I'm sorry. Left us for dead. But I heard a song by DJ Khaled and Drake the other day called Stand Alive and Little Baby. And it said, they hope I lied. They hope I cried. They hope I died. But I'm staying alive. I need you to look at two people until I'm still alive. They counted me out, but I'm still alive. They thought it was going to be over, but I'm still alive. Don't come up in my face smiling now when you walked away when you thought I was getting ready to die. Baby, this is my resurrection season. Will you look at somebody beside you and say, I'm getting back up. I'm coming back. I'm making it to the top. I'm still alive. Go on and stay over there. Y'all, I lost my hair. I lost some friends, I lost some members, and there was times when I wanted to sit down and people came, oh my God, help me today. Can I give you an example, Robin, natural and then spiritual? Y'all sit down. When I was in graduate school, I had been going to school since I was in kindergarten. You, you understand what I'm getting ready to say? I was tired of studying. And one night in a moment of weakness, I called my little brother. And I said, man, I'm tired of studying, man. All these papers, I'm studying Hebrew and Greek. I've got no cards stacked in front of me. It's midnight. Eyes are red and scratchy from being up all night drinking uh, Mountain Dew. No dose. Do any of that, does anybody remember them days? And I called him up and I said, bro, I'm tired. I, I'm, I'm tired of studying. I've been in school all. He said, then just quit. <laughs> I hung up the phone and kept on studying my cue cards. I do 
just wanted somebody to be like, I understand, you know, da 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 This man said, just quit. <laughs> Get behind me. Let me take it to the spiritual. Last year, I wanted to quit ministry. It's tired. It's pandemic. I lost members. I lost, seen so many deaths. People walking away from the church. I was tired. And a friend came to me and said, man, you're tired, aren't you? I said, I am. He says, you don't like even coming to work anymore, do you? I don't. I was clinically depressed. My dog had died. Empty nester. My wife was working away from home. I was in the house by myself. And I got this call. My friend said, you're tired. You, and he said, and I know he hears from God. He said to me, you can go on and quit. And the church is going to be okay. And you give, the, you give the responsibility to somebody else. And, and when he said it, it didn't resonate. And I love this person. I trust them. But it didn't resonate. I prayed about it. I even prayed with the person he told me to take over. And they said, no, I ain't hear God say that. <laughs> and I said, good. Because I didn't either. <laughs> and I had to go away, y'all. I had to go away and pray and fast and get some counseling and listen to God again. And God says, this is your arrest. This is your crucifixion. Now go back home and get ready for the resurrection. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, I could have quit. Y'all ain't going to help me in here. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to come down and rescue him and keep him from dying on the cross. But Jesus knew that he had to go through the crucifixion because the resurrection was the only way that he could once and for all get rid of sin and save us from ourselves and give us salvation. He knew he had to go through that. And the only way that God was going to allow new direction to grow again is that he had to crucify my ego. Do you know how hard it was for me to say, Carryville, come to Hickory Hill? Do you know how hard that was to say, we're going to come together as one family because it's the wise steward, stewardship thing to do in this season? And people look at me, and somebody even told me the other day, like, Pastor, you know, a lot of members are missing from Carryville. I said, I know that. I, you know, we don't have all the members. We, I know that. But because of where we are in this season, I'm trusting God for his wisdom that if I'm a good steward over what he gave me and if I do what he told me to do, that he's going to give us increase. He's going to bring members. He's going to raise up new disciples. He's going to raise up new leaders. He's going to provide. He's going to put money in the offering plate. Some of y'all ain't clapping, and I know you ain't with me. It's okay. I still love you. You all, you, it's okay. And I'm sure Peter, watch this, I'm sure Peter felt a certain kind of way when Jesus said what? Satan, get behind me. 
He's like, oh, no, he didn't just say that to me. If we're in relationship and I can't speak truth to you, we never was in relationship. If we can't disagree without being disagreeable, we probably were never connected. If I can't tell you my heart and you not walk away feeling a certain kind of way and still be connected, then maybe, baby, we ain't supposed to walk together. Everybody, everybody said they want to be my friend, right? Until I really have to tell them the truth. It's hard to walk with me. I'm different. I move different. I'm built different. And, and so you got to be anointed to be in my circle. My wife is anointed to handle me. Can I just deviate for a minute and just talk about that? You got to be careful looking at other people's relationships. And, and thinking, I want that. You don't want me. You don't want me. I'm a package, baby. I'm a complicated individual. I've got hurts and flaws and, and idiosyncrasies that have followed me from childhood, stuff that I've had to fight and overcome. And my wife, good God Almighty, God picked somebody that could handle all of who I am. She's anointed to handle my mess and still stay around me. Look at your spouse and tell them, I thank God that he anointed you for me. Your crazy matches my crazy. <laughs> and y'all know why y'all members of New Direction? Because your crazy matches my crazy. We ain't nobody perfect up in here. All the perfect people sit down. I just want to talk to the real people who still cuss a little bit, still like a little glass of wine. Y'all not gonna talk to me. Still like listening to ratchet rap music every now and then. Is there anybody besides me who know I ain't made it yet, but I'm pressing my way? Not that I've become perfect, but one thing I do is I forget those things that are behind me. Oh, my God. I said I forget those things that are behind me, and I press. There are some people that are behind you. There's some mistakes that are behind you. There's some regrets that are behind you. I need you to forget about that and press. Look at your neighbor and say, press. Do like this. Forget about it. Press. Forget about it. Press. Forget about it. I'm almost done. Here, take this thing, man. I'm done. I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost. You got to allow Jesus to reset your expectations. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to allow Jesus to reset your expectations. Watch this. What did Jesus tell Peter? He said, Peter, Satan has asked that he sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And after you have, hallelujah. After you've been restored, go back and strengthen your brothers. Y'all know what happened to Peter, don't you? Peter told Jesus what? I will follow you wherever you go. 
if you, if you get arrested, I'm going to get arrested. If you die, I'm going to die. I'm your ride or die. Lawrence Driver, whenever people tell me, Pastor, I ain't going nowhere, I ain't going to never leave you, I say, you're going to be the first one to leave. Because we overpromise and underdeliver. And life, and Jesus saw it. He said, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny, before he crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. And sure enough, when the police came, showed up at the garden where Jesus at. And Peter, being impulsive, you know what he did? When he saw them lay hands on his teacher, he took his sword out, <laughs> sliced the ear off, sliced the ear off the man, and Jesus said, Peter, uh-uh, man. Did I not tell you that this is not the way? He said, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Put your sword away. And Peter's looking confused. He puts his sword away. Jesus picks up the ear and puts it back on the man, and he's healed. And then Jesus puts his hands behind his back and goes, they get ready, put him in the police car, and Peter is seen running away from the scene. Peter is following Jesus from a distance. And some people who are close to you are now distant from you because you didn't live up to their expectations. And they're following you close enough to see what's going on in your life, but not close enough to be in your life. They're looking on social media to see, have you died yet? They're looking at the broadcast not to be inspired, but to see, are there any people in New Direction? They loved you at one point, but now because you didn't live up to their expectations, they're following from a distance trying to see what's going to happen to you. But all the while, they were the main ones bragging, you my pastor, you my teacher. I'm going to follow you. We're going to ride or die. We knew the direction. We, we in this thing together. We ain't going to never, you know, sticks and stones. They break. I, we... But now you're looking from a distance, and the Bible says that they asked Peter, ain't you one of his father? He said, no, I don't know him. He walks over here, and somebody said, wait a minute now. Didn't I see what you, you didn't I see what you, what you, no, you didn't see me. He go over here, and then somebody said, didn't I, you talk like them. And Peter started cussing. I didn't, blink it, blink, didn't I tell you? I don't. And right when he denied him the third time, the rooster crowed. And he looked in the window, and Jesus was looking at him. He didn't have to say a word. I told you that you would deny me. I told you I had to go through this. And he just looked at him. And the Bible says that Peter walked away weeping because he recognized that his expectations had been destroyed. And his friend was going to be killed. But what killed him was not the fact that Jesus was going to be crucified. The fact was, Peter didn't live up to his own expectation. This ain't even in my notes. I just said something. I said, Peter was not upset with Jesus. He was upset with himself. 
I told this man that I was going to be there, that I was going to ride or die, that I that wasn't nothing going to happen to him. I, I'm, I was his protector. I was his closest disciple. Even when he asked me to pray with him, Mari, I fell asleep while he was praying. And now I just denied my teacher, my friend. How many of y'all have ever been Peter? Y'all not going to tell the truth today? How many of y'all have ever let somebody down that you loved? How many of y'all have ever let Jesus down? I have. And sometimes you feel like you no longer deserve his love. That you are just the lowest down thing in the world. And y'all, sometimes I feel like that because I've let him down so many times. And sometimes to the point where I don't even feel like praying. I don't even feel like coming to church because I let Jesus down. I haven't been consistent. I, I talked out of the side of my neck. I was off. I had some off days. So y'all y'all wanted me to just talk about your friend, but now I'm talking about you. We have been Peter. We have let Jesus down. We have let friends down. We have let love down. We've been off before. But here's where the good news comes in. When Jesus is crucified, Lord have mercy. Nobody's at the cross but one disciple, John, and, a, and, and some women around the cross. Peter's not there. The other disciples are not there. They are hiding in the house. But when Jesus is raised from the dead and Mary goes and tells the brothers he's alive, the first person to run out to the tomb was Peter. Peter runs in, but he doesn't see Jesus because it ain't time to see him yet. And some of y'all have been trying to run in and see Jesus, but Jesus is saying to you, you're looking for the old me. Woo, wait, I feel like teaching today. The next time they see you, it ain't going to be you. The next time people get a glimpse of you, it's going to be after your process, after your resurrection, after your promotion, after your healing, after your restoration. Don't come to the tomb looking for a dead me when God has raised me. So when Peter sees his Savior risen, He's out on the boat fishing. He doesn't recognize Jesus because Jesus has changed. And Jesus says, hey, y'all, y'all catch anything yet? And they're out on the boat and they look back, no, sir, not yet. He said, cast your nets on the other side. All right. They cast the nets in and they catch so many fish, the nets begin to break. And automatically, Peter recognizes who told him to do it. Because if he did it before, he can do it again. When he called Peter, Peter was fishing all night and hadn't caught anything. And Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side, and he caught so many fish. So after the resurrection, he goes back to what he was used to, but there's no anointing in it until Jesus shows back up. Can I help somebody? I just said something. God's getting ready to give you more fish than you can shake a stick at. God's getting ready to give you contracts. God's getting ready to give you businesses. God's getting ready to open up some doors. Why? Because he's getting ready to show back up on the beach of your life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting ready for my breakthrough. I'm getting ready for my miracle because Jesus is coming back to restore my relationship. He swam to Jesus and Jesus said, Peter, come on in here. He said, Peter, do you love me? 
He said, Jesus, you know I love you. He says, feed my lambs. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. And then the third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter cries because he realizes what Jesus is doing. He's matching affirmation with denial. You denied me three times. Now I need to make sure you back safe enough to get in my circle. Do you love me? Watch this. And Jesus keeps it a buck. Because what you don't see in the English version is there in them stack of cards I was studying in graduate school. In the Greek, <laughs> when Jesus says, do you love me? He asked him, do you, feel, do you agape me? Peter responds in Greek and says, I phileo you. That's two different things. Agape is a sacrificial, I will die for you kind of love. Phileo is, I'm, a, I'm, I'm your friend as long as we got something in common. Jesus asked him a second time, okay, let me see if I heard you right. Do you agape me? He says a second time, I phileo you. Hmm. All right, I'm going to come meet you where you are, Peter. Because I love you. I know you. And I'm going to work with you. So I'm going to come to your level. I'm going to ask you one more time a different way. Do you filet me? Bless God. recognize that I just love you because I thought you're going to meet my expectations, but I haven't lived up to yours. I loved you because I thought you was going to bring the kingdom and you was going to get rid of the Roman Empire and I was going to sit next to you in power and it didn't work out like that and I got scared and I just I panicked and I just I ran away and I hid and I'm sorry. I don't deserve to be your disciple. I don't deserve the job you gave me. I don't deserve the family I have. I, and Peter stops. Jesus stops. And he says, shh, go feed my sheep. You still want me? Even though I'm not at the level you want me to be? I do. Even though I made some mistakes? I do. Even though I still cuss people out sometimes? I still want you. Even though I have a violent streak? I still want you, Peter. Because I recognize that you learn from your mistakes. And my grace is sufficient. And my death forgave you of your sins. Can I get a hundred people to stand up if you, Peter, right now and celebrate the fact that God still loves you, that God still has a plan for you, that God still has you in his circle. Somebody wave your hand and say, I'm still here. I've been kept by his love.
Stand up on your feet. We're done. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm touching and agreeing right now with my neighbor who has let you down. We all have been Peter. We've had some Peters in our lives that we had to put in the proper place and tell them to get behind. But right now, God, I'm praying for us who identify as Peter. We've made some mistakes. Our expectations have been off. We've been off. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every person who's ever felt like they've let Jesus down, let loved ones down, that they would forgive themselves. Somebody put your hand on your chest and say, I forgive me. God, I thank you that on the cross when Jesus died, that his blood cleansed us of our sins, forgave us of our mistakes, and gave us a new page, a whole new chapter. Old things have passed and all things are new. We forget those things which are behind us and we press toward the high calling of Jesus and take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. God, thank you that I still have room in your circle. Thank you that I'm still your child. Thank you that I'm still a disciple of Christ. Thank you, God, that you've given me another chance to do better than I did yesterday. 